You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids, and welcome in once again to Scatter Shooting. I'm Randy Renner. I'm Jeremy Griffin. And as usual, on this program, we will talk about anything and everything worldly and otherworldly. Hey, yo. Yo, oh, so I how forgot are you? To, are I, you on this world or another one right now? I'm on a different world, apparently, because I forgot my rat-tat-tat-boom. That I oh, yeah, you usually do that. Maybe you're on the same planet with Joe Biden. That's kind of a different world. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Didn't, didn't insult you there. <laughs> no, you didn't. It's all right. You know, uh, okay. I know uh, two episodes ago, episode eight was our conspiracy theory episode, but um, by the way, we're on episode 10. It's a landmark. We're into double digits. You know what we should do? What? We should get a scotch. A 10-year-old scotch? A 10-year-old scotch. Or should we wait for episode 12 and get a 12-year-old? <laughs> that makes more sense. It's easier to do. Um, but but we'll alternate who buys, uh, which I think will put you at the 50-year scotch. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe we won't do that yeah maybe we won't because i um i was at a liquor store earlier and i happened to see a, a bottle of 15 year old mccallan mm. 330 dollars well why would you do that exactly <laughs> hey you know what though the it's uh, not quite as expensive as world series tickets as i found out but still Oh, yeah. How, how expensive are World Series tickets? Well, you know, see, this is why we call the show Scatter Shooting, because we've already, you know, kind of we started even deviating. T- yeah, we had what, a whole plan, what, and we're, yes. like, not even there. It's kind of like just as usual here on Scatter Shooting. We go in with a plan, and then it's like Mike Tyson said, plans are good until you get hit in the face, and then it's all over. That's not how he said it, but yes. Something like that. <laughs> he said it with a higher voice and a lisp. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Yes. Um, I can but no, say I was that. on because my, uh, well, probably by the time, uh, you know, people actually listen to this, my, unless they make a stunning comeback, my Houston Astros will have been eliminated from World Series contention. But mm. the World Series is going to be played at Globe Life uh, Field or Park, whatever the new one is. You know, one is Globe Life Park. The other one's Globe Life Field. I forget which is which. But anyway. The new one is where the World Series is going to be. Same place the National League Championship uh, Series is going on. And so, you know, I thought they're going to allow a handful of fans, about 10,000 or so. And and so, uh, you know, I thought, eh, what the heck? Let me go on here and see how much it would cost to go. Because, I'm, you know, and at that point, I'm thinking, well, obviously, I'd love to see the Strohs, but I haven't been to a World Series. So, I mean, really, whoever's playing, I'm... I'm there because somebody said, well, why don't you, you can always sell them. You know, I'm like, heck with that. If I get them, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, not really. No. <laughs> no. Huh? I go on there. And the first thing is that the cheap, bottom line, the cheapest tickets that I found, $440 a piece for the way the, uh, you know, the nosebleed yeah. uh, section. And it's bad enough. a ticket. But the thing is, because of COVID, Mm. they're selling these. You can't buy one ticket. You have to buy them in a pod of four. Oh, you got to buy four? Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, Two makes sense. Four doesn't make sense. And so that's, you know, that's almost $2,000. And I'm like, hmm, can't really do that. And Mm. most of them, most of them were up... uh, you know, like 750 each. That's the mo- pretty The rough. most expensive ones I saw were down around home plate for uh, a little over $4,000 each. I don't understand why they're, in, why, why would you price them per ticket if you're making people buy four anyway? Just, uh, just say this is how much it's going to cost. I don't know. I, I don't know. That kind things, of stuff annoys me. There are some things that just don't make sense that you just can't explain, and that's one of them. Well, that's why I have scatter shooting to talk about the unexplained. Yes. And full yes. circle. Hey, by the way, a little addendum to the conspiracy uh, theory show, episode eight. If you haven't watched it, just or watch it, listen to it. Stop now. 
pause this episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'll pick right back up later and go check out episode eight. Um, but an addendum, because I talked about some of the good documentaries, but Ancient Aliens, season 13, episode one. Just that's it. Go watch it. Okay, it's an I'm hour, not sure if I've seen that It's one. an hour and 25 minutes long. So it's like its own little thing, but <clears throat> it talks about how in 2017, the Department of Defense uh, disclosed how much money they had spent reporting or following UFOs. So basically, it's this revelation that we now know today, we've known for a while, but in 2017, that the Department of Defense never stopped studying UFOs. Right, and it's something that they are still doing to this day. Right. Still studying them. That's true. And during the coronavirus pandemic, we've had a spike in hmm. UFO sightings. Well, yeah, of course. And maybe that's because people are sitting around at home <laughs> doing drinking nothing. 12-year-old scotch right. among other things, and then they're going out in the backyard and going, hey, Dorothy, look up! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we will be doing here in a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> maybe not the, hey, Dorothy, look up, unless, unless you have a friend named Dorothy. But no. uh, to jump back, uh, and now we're not on the conspiracy uh, theory bandwagon, but back on conspiracies, I have... What I think is going on with this presidential election. See, you and I were talking before we started recording about some recent gaffes uh, from Joe Biden. And as this is recorded, the gaffes were like a couple days ago. Um, Thinking that he's running for the U.S. Senate and not knowing exactly where he was. And And though that sounds like really old news, it's just he's done it a number of times. So it was the most recent version. Yes. Uh well, anyway, <clears throat> so you remember Pelosi was diving into the 25th Amendment. Right. Right. And for those of you who don't understand what the 25th Amendment is, it's basically an amendment to the Constitution that allows for people to step in if the president becomes incapacitated and does not relinquish his own power. Right. And uh, Pelosi, as she was set, talking about that, she thought that that uh, President Trump had basically lost his mind or was under the influence of whatever drugs he was taking to get over COVID and that sort of an altered state, I think she was. Right, but are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? You've probably already processed this, but listen. So here's how this works. It's really simple. For this thing to happen, for the transfer of power to happen, the vice president has to sign off on it. Mm -hmm. So the deal with Trump really doesn't make sense because you'd have to get Mike Pence to agree with Pelosi. And then you'd also have to get the Senate to and the ag- Senate. agree also, which right now is Republican control. Exactly. So really, but, I can see the House voting for it, but I can't see it going any right. further, just like impeachment. You know, you can't see it going any further than that. But, However, yes, go right ahead. If, I think I know where you're going, if but go, fa- go right ahead. If, in fact, Joe Biden mm-hmm. does become president of the United States, mm-hmm. do you think for one second Kamala Harris won't even flinch? At signing off on his incompetence? No, I, 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 that probably has already been put in place. That is, I mark my words. If he wins the election, that's the plan. Well, you know, and Joe probably and, won't argue much. He'll agree. The twenty fifth yeah, amendment, and, and, is, and then he'll agree, and then he'll just go take his seat in the Senate. Exactly, and when he <laughs> agrees, the Senate will confirm it. Right. I mean, how do you not? Because all he has to do is resign. He doesn't even have to agree. He can well, simply resign. You know, I don't I don't know. Now, that might be really interesting if the if the Democrats should gain control of the Senate, they probably would. But let me ask you this. Yeah. If the Senate is still controlled by Republicans. Right. Would they rather have Kamala Harris <laughs> or Joe Biden? I mean, some might say probably they you would. Know what? Maybe we. Well, they'd probably rather Joe because they don't think Joe here. And this is the whole point, though. I mean, this becomes the argument. And and here's the thing I have to say, and this is why I think this is a pitiful reality. Everything I'm talking about, if in fact it's true, I realize it may not be. I say that with a huge dose of sarcasm, because honestly, man, like all we've seen from our political pundits over the last 20 years is positioning to get their end game. None of it have anything to do with the will of the people. And I think that's the part that singularly frustrates me the most. If you want President Kamala Harris, then just put her on the ticket. Well, you know, she tried to get on the ticket. I know. And, uh, you know, she bailed out before the California primary even happened. Which I, You know, she had like, what was it, 0.2%? Do you honestly think she didn't? But she knew. 
she knew she was going to end up as the vice president's maybe. nominee. I mean, you know, okay, I, let me rephrase maybe. it. I don't know. Because here's the thing. You think, who would have what, who would have Bernie Sanders chose? Well, boy, with him, I... Uh, There's no telling, but I will say I this. Know. There is a very good chance he would have chose Kamala. Maybe. Because, because he I probably mean, wouldn't have picked... I mean, I, I might think he might have gone for Elizabeth Warren, but mm, two people, too many arguments, I, and and she's from the same part of the country too. You know, usually, and she's establishment. And she's establishment, and she's a a, a white Native American, right? <clears throat> but a bump. <laughs> uh, but anyway, rat tat tat, rat tat tat, boom. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, so I just, I guess what I'm getting at is that, I mean, he might have, yeah, I, I just don't think, or he might, maybe he would have chosen AOC. Wouldn't that have been frightening? He may have, but man, there, she's not, she's just not votable. Like, or electable. You know, and actually she might not even be old enough I, because I, I think, uh, you know, to be, don't you have to be, I know you 35 uh, to be president. But yeah. I mean, I, I presumably the you've vice gotta president be 35 to be vice president too, because the vice president yeah. could become president. That sounds like logical. what might happen if Joe Biden is. But is that elected. well? But is that true of a senator? Because the Speaker of the House could become. Well, there is there is an age there there is and there then, are yeah. certain ages in the Constitution, and I, as senator, I think you have to be thirty. I could be wrong about that. So technically, um, a senator who was Speaker of the House or not Speaker, uh, sorry, a House of Representatives. Uh, uh, House I of Representatives. Mean, I, I think I think the age the age is a little bit less. So that's the thing, though. The Speaker of the House becomes president if, if she's or president, he, or vice whoever president. it is. Right now, she Pelosi, yeah, the Lord is third in line of succession. But you know, as we record this, a Republican member of the House of Representatives has uh, filed a bill to have Pelosi removed as Speaker because he thinks she's gone around the bend. Which wow. I thought Nancy Pelosi went round the bend a long. She went see so far around the bend. She's back where she started from. It's in a complete circle. And yesterday, as we record this, I, I saw something that I was shocked to see, and that was Wolf Blitzer on CNN giving Pelosi heck for what's gone on in the House that they can't come to an agreement on a stimulus bill, even a partial stimulus bill because there is agreement among uh republicans and democrats at least those who have you know a, that are in their right mind right that something that they have agreement on several issues of a one of these big stimulus packages they have agreement on quite a bit of it there are certain things that they don't and president trump has said we know we agree on a lot of this. Yeah. Let's just, let's do that right now so that we can do something for the people and we'll hash this other stuff out later. And Pelosi's like, mm, no, sorry, we're not going to do that. You know, she's got to have everything or she's not going to have any of it. Right. And so she and Wolf Blitzer got into it on CNN. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi said to Wolf Blitzer on CNN, and I just, I, I about, you know, dropped my supper when I heard this. She said, Wolf, you and your colleagues in the media, or a lot of them, that's all you do. You're just carrying the water for the Republicans. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> that you're, uh, you know, you're justifying what they do. You're, you know, all like this. And I'm like, um, Nancy Pelosi really is crazy because I... That's insane. That interview, that feisty interview, was the really uh, you know among the few things I've seen on CNN or any of the others except for Fox, where they're putting their any of the Democrats' feet to the fire. Right. Well, that's the funny thing. I heard a lot of people criticize Trump when he said, "I'm backing away from the table." First off, he signs that he doesn't make law, he doesn't present law, he just signs it across his desk. So. Him backing away from the negotiating tables really not as big of a deal as it sounds. The other side of that is, it, yeah, the, a lot of the guys that are negotiating, it's Mnuchin and some it, of the right, right. others. Now, obviously, you know, I mean, Trump is he's just like sign Pelosi. It. Pelosi has said, you know, she's not negotiating with the president. She has her minions right. out. It's the same sort of deal. But the thing is, and when I what I reminded somebody of the best car deals I've ever made is when I said I'm not negotiating anymore. You know, the bottom line is, look, you've heard my deal. This is what we're going to do. And he, and here's the thing, man, I got to go back. The original stimulus package for what, 2.5 or $2.2 trillion, whatever it was, 
people got so excited about their $1,200. One, you had to qualify. And uh, I don't I don't remember the qualifications now. I feel like as Americans, uh, households maybe making less than 150000 or something. Well, and... Uh, and then it, it scaled. It wasn't... And it, right. Right. So, it scaled. But a, a lot of people who really needed the money got it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those that maybe... That would have liked to have had it, but maybe didn't just absolutely need it. Right. Didn't. But, uh, you know, yes. But, but here's the deal. $2.2 trillion. So that's two... One, two, three, that's 2,000, 20,000, 200,000, 2 million, 20 million, 200 million. Uh, I can't add any more zeros because the calculator didn't go that high. Okay, another zero. 2 trillion. So I didn't even put the point two in. In fact, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to put the point. No, I'm not. Yeah, I am. All right. <laughs> 2.2 trillion. So uh, 22, 220. Okay, 2.2 trillion dollars. Divided by the total citizens in the United States, which is 326 million. 326 million equals, do you know the number? No idea. I got a C in Miss Snyder's algebra class, and that wasn't real good. So, you know. Well, it's 6.74. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> Had too much scotch. Hold on. The uh, two, two, one, two. My point here is that the money is not what we got. So maybe, so, it, maybe it was six point seven four. Maybe it's six thousand seven hundred forty. Maybe something like that. And that's yeah. It is six thousand seven hundred forty. So that's uh, well. Here, let's do it this way: six thousand seven hundred forty times three hundred twenty-six. One, two, three thousand three million thirty-two million three equals. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been, that's 2.1. Okay, right. So yeah. 6,000, whatever, 147. That's how much money should have gone. It, that's to every U.S. citizen, regardless of qualifiers. That includes babies. That includes kids, right? That is not what we got in that $2.2 trillion package. And this is why there shouldn't, this, the whole thing, this is what's so frustrating is that Americans were like, yeah, man, awesome. We got 1200 bucks. You got one fifth of what you should have got. Well, and, or, and, you or know, less. And, yes. And some would tell you, of course, that chunks of that went to various programs that mm-hmm. helped thousands of you know, people in certain situations. Yeah, but like the Kennedy would, Center. Would every, right, that was, I think, 22 million, 25 yeah. million, whatever that was. To the Kennedy Center. Right. Yes. If and you don't know what that is, Google it. And yes. then tell me that you think, oh, yeah, I'm glad we did that for COVID relief. I've actually been to the Kennedy Center, and it's a really nice venue to go to listen to a concert or whatever, and it may need a renovation or something. Or oh, whatever. I think However, it's fine now. My guess is it's fine. Well, after 22 million, it probably is. But for COVID relief, would would people have rather have gotten a sixty seven hundred dollar check? <laughs> I, I think, would guess yes. I because think so. especially family. I mean, you know, you're t- single people would get a sixty seven hundred dollar check. Yeah. If you're a family of four, right? Well, I mean, you know, right. you're going to get four times that. Right. So what is it, about twenty six thousand dollars? Yeah. Roughly. Think about ballpark. that, man. Think about that, thirty, yeah. Yeah, dude. That now would, that could that that would certainly help some things out because I mean you know the I got a twenty a twelve hundred dollar check. I assume you guys did too, and uh, or more because yeah you know you're we married. Got, we yeah. got the married plus the kid credit plus the kid, and yeah. you know that's great, and it certainly helps. And some people you know were like, fantastic, we got this, and then you realize because you know you're first off you're thinking twelve hundred bucks oh excellent yeah and then you're like uh wait a minute right so it's already i've already spent it oh it's yeah. already all gone i did my part because here's the other thing uh Lori and i neither one we both kept our jobs and kept our pay we didn't lose our jobs due to covid well we didn't lose our jobs and so they didn't that's stupid too <laughs> you know why, what I'm saying? Why are you getting? Why am it? I getting money? Yeah, you know what I'm you saying. You haven't really mm-hmm. lost anything, right? So I I did my best to stimulate the economy, and I hired private contractors to come do work at the house. I mean, I did something. Well, and and maybe that's you know part of it, and and plus you know maybe they didn't want to go through and think well. 
you know, let's take out the people who are still working because you never know. Right. Just because they're working today, they may not be working sure. tomorrow, that sort of thing. And maybe they also were thinking, well, you know, if in certain situations people don't necessarily need this money right at this minute, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that they won't need it down the road or do what you do and what what you did and, and say, well, you know what, they may stimulate. I mean, that's what they're for, to stimulate right the economy and you went out and hired some people to do some work for you right which i'm sure you know mnuchin if, if you'd have gotten in contact with him i'm sure he would have been that. yes you he would have been very happy with well him. the bottom line is is that um that you know i t- i got my today in the mail i got my voter identification card my updated card because i changed my political affiliation and this is one of the many reasons why i was an independent I no longer am registered independent. I'm registered libertarian. Mm. Why am I registered libertarian? Because everything I just said, because this is all stupid. The entire system is broken. There's too many freaking laws that mean are meaningless. And the government is way too big. It is not state oriented, which means there's no competition between the states. There is a little bit, but we're talking about property tax, essentially, and sales tax, things like that. That that's not what the founding fathers wanted. It's not what I want, and this is why we're in the mess we're in because we've lived in a two party system for so long that there is no viable option. I mean, how many people know the name of the third party candidate in this case, Joe Jorgensen? How many people know that name? Is that uh, Sonny's brother? Yes. Okay. Uh, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. I, and and by the way, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, uh, you know, I already I've known for a long time who I'm voting for, and I don't really pay attention to anybody else. else. Right. right. I'm zeroed in on which is good, because what that means is you're voting for somebody versus against somebody, which I ex- absolutely think is great. I haven't had the luxury of voting for somebody in a long time. I have voted against. Now, I will be voting for somebody this year. Not well, it's definitely against two. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But um but I do, I will be voting for Donald Trump and I have no problem saying that. I, I, I'm not voting for him because I think his character is off the charts and amazing because that's not why I'm voting for him as president. I think he did a great job as president. Has he made mistakes? Probably. I don't, Everybody does. Exactly. I mean, Anybody everybody except, <clears throat> Arguably the most, well, really not arguably, yeah. the most difficult job in the world right. is being president of the United States. You know, I was in so, high school, I was in high school when, um, uh, Bill Clinton was in office. I didn't get to vote for that election. Um, and I remember the whole Monica Lewinsky crap that went down. And the thing is, I remember so many people freaking out and I'm like, you know what? I get that. He like the big thing he did was lied to a grand jury and perjured himself. Okay. That's absolutely that's wrong. Shouldn't have happened, but everything centered around this affair he had with an intern. I think that's despicable has nothing to do with whether he's a good president or not. At all, the as far as, as policy far as, and, and right you know, as far as doing the like job, that. Yes. yeah. And so yes. I remember even at the time I thought, well, this doesn't. The fact that he would perjure himself has speaks to a character flaw right. that could be a massive problem. And you could also say that, you know, knowing what we know now about what happened with Monica Lewinsky, it could have been a huge liability absolutely with foreign governments right. other you national know, security issue national for sure security issue that that right. sort of thing it's and why not the, to, yeah my, my son has top secret clearance and one of the things to get that is you have to not be in debt basically because they need to know about your debts and right, because sure. that can be used to leverage sure. so anything i, I mean you know, in, the, in the hands mm-hmm. of you know, some especially foreign agents or just right. bad guys in general right you know, if they can find some way to leverage you and say, hey, if you don't do what we do, then, you know, we're going to expose right. this or that to your wife, your kids, your coworkers in the paper, you know, whatever. Yeah. It can become a, a big problem. Yeah. And with what Bill Clinton did, uh, it could have become a, a huge problem. I agree. And here's the thing that frustrated me, though. Just like most everything else, the media, the 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 conversation of the day was not dominated by that point. It was dominated by the fact that he had an affair. That is not the point. What that brought about is the point. And I think this is where I go back to Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump has done a lot of things as a human being that I think are not good and are despicable. He says things, but you got to go back to this. I've got family members who are in their 70s. They grew up in a different time. Their language is their language. We have a politically correct society now. If you just watch sitcoms from the 80s, you will hear language that would be canceled. Truly, the cancel culture would have destroyed it today. The very people who at the in the 80s would have been on their side. I mean, they cannibalized themselves on the far left. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that when I look at Donald Trump and I think about his language, I think, well, okay, when I look at my family members in their 70s, they are not racist people. They are not xenophobic. They are just have a language that they're used to using. It's not... Um, I remember a guy uh, in the NBA who used a term uh, as a PA announcer. He used it, or a, a color uh, calling the game on television. He used a term to describe a player that was considered negative and a racial slur. It was not this guy's heart or intention. I knew this guy very well, and he uh, he basically lost his job because of it. And I I thought it was pretty brutal and pretty terrible when you didn't consider the heart of a person. And this goes back to my point about laws. Laws, you can't legislate morality. You can't cause people to do the right thing or be in the right mindset by passing a law. All you do with the law is create some sort of penalty for violation. And if that penalty is not is not severe enough, it's not even going to be a deterrent for most people, especially if you're not going to get really any functional penalty. And not that I think there should be a harsh penalty for some of the crap that's out there, but I'm just saying it's, it's kind of a fruitless endeavor. And, and so when I I say all that to say, you know, in today's political climate, I'm voting for the person who I think is going to do the best for this country over the next four years. And I don't believe that any other candidate, again, it's not about whether Joe Biden or even Kamala Harris would do a good job. I don't think they would do a good job. I'm not voting against them. I think Trump will, does a good job and did a good job these last four years. He wasn't even, I voted for him in 2016. Last minute, I voted against Hillary. I did not vote for Trump. This year, I'm actually voting for Trump because I think he did a great job with our economy. He did a great job. He signed, he's he's not signed. He orchestrated these peace treaties in the Middle East that has not happened and it's just kind of flown under the radar. He's pulling our troops out. He's not fighting wars. When have we had a Republican president not willing to, my gosh, what about Obama? Why? <laughs> I mean. Well, you know, when, when you truly look at the record and you open the curtain that the mainstream media has dropped down or try to look through the fog of what they put out there. Donald Trump, when you look at the numbers, Donald Trump has done more by poor minorities, especially yes. economically in this country than maybe any other president, even, certainly of any other president recently, even prison reform. Well, you know what? And it's funny. You should bring that up, you know, because a lot of people, especially in the some of the debates we've seen and some of the ads we've seen and all like this and the whole BLM movement is talking about the the uh, the how the some of the crime legislation is uh, uneven mm. when it comes to minorities and especially blacks and they think it's all because you 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 listen to them it's all because of Donald Trump because he's racist against everybody. That's not an old, fat, white, uh, rich guy. Right. When in reality, the man who wrote the bill Mm -hmm. that started all of this is the other guy running for president, Joe Biden, when he was in the Senate. And he said some things on the Senate floor that if Donald Trump were to say those same things today, Mm Mm-hmm. It would it would be a uh, you know people's heads would explode. I don't know what <laughs> right. it would be, but it would be unbelievable. That's what Biden said, and the guy who has been doing more to undo that legislation to roll back some of these harsh penalties mm-hmm. against people who, quite frankly, don't deserve to be harshly penalized. That guy is Donald Trump, right? And so it's just, it, it, 
amazes me how few people actually understand that Mm -hmm. because the noise coming from the other side is so loud on this and so many people take yes is donald can donald trump be obnoxious yeah right he can be i hate arrogance and and he is the epitome of arrogance he is but but, (laughs) and and the thing that i think shocks some people is we are not used to that in a president of the united states right you know, you talk about, well, you, and me, I mean, I'm an old school guy. I would prefer the president of the United States to, you know, be presidential. However, I understand why he's doing some of the things that he's doing because nobody else, you know, especially the mainstream media, CBS, NBC, ABC, if you want to throw CNN in there and those, you know, the other, everybody basically except for Fox, they never put his side out there. You know, they just talk about, they bring up all the bad stuff. Some of it's not even true. Some of it's totally made up. And the only person that will speak up for Donald Trump, if you're not watching Sean Hannity or listening to Rush Limbaugh, is Donald Trump. Right. And so he's taken to Twitter and he will fire off these things just, you know, to get his side of the story out there or to vent a little bit. Because some of the things that people are saying, you know, some of it's just bald face, absolute lies right. that are completely made up. And some of the things that we saw in the debates, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just like in the vice presidential debate, when Mike Pence at least challenged mm-hmm. Kamala Harris on some of these things, the fracking stuff, for right. instance. Right. You know, and she, Joe Biden now, he won't even answer the question. Right. Kamala Harris you know, you know, would either say, no, we're, we're, we are, we're on board with that. We're not going to eliminate fracking. And then all you have to do though, is look back at countless videos of both of them. Right. In public forums. In where the they're primaries. Saying, yes. In the primaries where they're saying that's exactly what they will do. Right. That they will eliminate fracking, that they will eliminate fossil fuels, even though most of the driving public, by far, most of the driving public in the United States drives a what? A gas or diesel burning vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the driving public, the number of people who are driving electric cars right. or trucks. Well, look at the number of options. Number. How many how many electric vehicle options do we have versus fossil fuel burning options? Well, not as many, right? You know, and I think that's the thing too. And plus, then the cost and what else? Well, right. You know, whatever else you're into. Are you literally going to? Because I remember uh, a kid. I remember when they phased out regular gasoline in favor of unleaded gasoline. So I don't remember when the law passed, but it seemed like there was probably three or four years, maybe five years, where you could yeah, still there, get. It was, it. Yes, where you could still get regular gas because. You know, most people had cars that burned only regular, regular gas. Right. You know, it was leaded gas. Right. And so and it seems like there was a uh, there was something I think you could buy like an additive, an or additive something. or a buy, You know, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, that basically you had to get a a new car exactly, or, a, or at least a newer car or right. truck or whatever. And this is the, therein lies the problem. That nobody's talking about. Let's say you ban fossil fuels. Everybody will need a brand new car. Right. I would say a used one, but that's not got big enough market. Right. Right. <laughs> you can't sell used yeah, there aren't, electric cars right. to the population. There aren't enough there aren't enough of them out right. there. And I so, think and there would have to be there would have to be a grace period. And I think for whatever reason, I, you know, this is a long time ago, but I think the grace period for the leaded versus unleaded, if you had a vehicle like that and depending upon your financial situation i think there was a grace period i think it was at least five years it may have been 10 10 would be the bare minimum to uh, me that it have you to know, be where you would and and but i you know now like for instance you the, the car that i drive relatively new you know if i you know you take care of it it probably easily has 150 200,000 miles in right it could easily if i wanted to keep it for probably 10 years at least exactly maybe more than that well, that's my cars i bought i bought my cars with that in mind i'm never getting rid of my toyota fj 
uh, sponsorship pending. There I will go. never. <laughs> my son, my son has a, a Toyota pickup that's like a 2005 model, right. I think, and he loves it. It's got over 200,000 miles on it, and he takes great care of it, and it's still a great vehicle. And what are you going to do with all the ATVs and the watercraft and the boats and the lawnmowers? Exactly. I mean, now, by the way, uh, sponsorship pending. I'm I'm <laughs> rocking a Ryobi <laughs> electric mower, forty volt, which is awesome for my yard. But you know, my, my dad had, had a red electric mower when I was the a corded kid. kind. Yes, the corded kind. Man, I totally tortured my kids with a corded mower. My older boys, I, I bought one, and I'm like, now y'all need to mow the lawn. It's different. You got You got to keep in mind. You know, right. And I, my dad always used to say when I was mowing, he said, "Now remember, don't." <laughs> you know, watch that cord. You know, don't remember. Oh, yeah. You know, remember where you, and but it was one of those where, uh, you didn't have to turn it around. All you had to do was flip the handle. Oh, that's cool. Yes, and so you didn't have to get. You weren't really if you were paying attention. Yeah. I, sometimes I was. Sometimes I wasn't. Uh, but if you were paying attention, the cord could stay on the side closest to the house right. where the electric plug was you just kept moving it. Yes. Yes. You just flipped the mm. handle and, you know, adjusted, you know, where you were going, but you didn't have to turn it. Yeah. You know, like you, you like you do now. Yeah. I cut the grass today, by the way. Did you? I did. Cause I figured we we're going to fire pit it later. Oh, and good thought, idea. Well, you yeah. know, let's, let's get the grass cut. Right. We don't want to accidentally start. It's a little breezy out there. It we don't want to start accidentally a little, blaze that's uncontained in the fire pit and, anyway right right well in any case you know you look at some of these plans that people have and and people i don't think they think beyond just the the really front end right. i absolutely believe this is a good idea in general i think fossil fuel dependency is just a bad idea in general i just, I just think it's a bad idea especially yeah. when you can do batteries and it's not really renewable i mean you're burning you're you have to charge it somewhere sure but um, but let the infrastructure be the thing that's that's doing that. Like I, I drove to uh, San Angelo, Texas this last week, and I saw for the first time I saw a solar farm. I hadn't seen a solar farm up close, and uh, man, it was super impressive. And when you look at how much land there was on the road to San Angelo from Oklahoma City, because it's not really West Texas, it's Central West Texas, I guess, and there is so much land that yeah. is just. Yeah, nothing's happening, and the amount of space you need to provide power for a huge swath of the country is not nearly as big as what people make it out to be. They think it's huge, right? You think, well, it'd be, and they speak in terms of acres. You know, it's two thousand acres. Two thousand acres is nothing in some of these parts of the country. It's just nothing. You don't see, you you can't see for two thousand acres. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. I don't know. It's crazy. My point is, is that when you're getting your, when you're charging stuff up at your house and that's where you're getting the power from, from wind and from solar, uh, hydroelectric up Northeast. Um, now that government's infrastructure is making that work, but let's, let's work towards that instead of a complete and total annihilation. Right. That's not how you solve that problem. You solve the problem by incentivizing and that, and the government has done a decent job of incentivizing, at least in terms of electric cars, but you know, the, the technology for electric cars has been around for an incredibly long amount of time. And so you have to not to jump on the conspiracy theory episode again, but you have to start wondering who's killed it. You know, who's kept that. I mean, we know who would be <laughs> motivated to do that. But <laughs> do we now? Well, you know, okay. they're, they're called big oil for a reason, I suppose. Yeah. And, and more and more big oil companies are now they're branching shipping. out. Yes. Into some of these other areas, because I think they see the writing on the wall as right. well. And they understand what's, what's going on. And there's also a big uh, solar farm just on the North side of Fort Worth. Oh, I was, yeah. I was down in Fort Worth a couple weekends ago and driving down I 35 W between Denton and Fort Worth on the West side of the highway. It's like, Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's solar panels basically for as far as the eye could see. But you know, this is the thing, you know, you know who gets, so environmentalists are all on board with wind farms, with solar farms, but then all of a sudden they start killing off birds because they get, you know, on, they run into the blades of the, right of the, the turbines and, and then they'll do, you know, even get cooked up on the solar farm. Right. And you're thinking, well, come on. What do you want us to do? Well, there are consequences 
to everything. Right. And sometimes the, un- I mean, sometimes you know what the consequence is going to be and sometimes you don't. It's called unintended consequences. Right. Oops. We didn't realize that would happen or we didn't mean for that to happen. Well, turns out stuff happens. Yeah. It's just the way it is. You cannot, there are things that are going to happen that, you know, for, for us to be able to, you know, there, there are some people who, you know, who they, you know, when you're out deer hunting, people are, you know, all up in arms because they're killing Bambi. Uh, Well, actually a true hunter is really a conservationist. Right. Because in, in many of these, you know, you, you can't just have your deer population explode in some of these areas, there have to be predators. Right. And you, the reason that you have to have predators, whether it be another animal or man, a man mm-hmm. is because if the deer are out there unimpeded, their population will explode right. and they will run out of food and they will slowly starve to death. Right. Which is a, I mean, you know, I'm thinking. <laughs> a far worse way to die than taking a bullet in the head. Uh, yeah, I would think. But uh, you know, hey. Okay, so you know who's that's just um, me being Elmer Fudd. You know who's uh, who's got an electric vehicle that I I'm legitimately interested in. Ah, uh, no. Harley Davidson. Really? They have the twenty really? twenty live wire electric motorcycle. Wow. Yeah. Now, do they have on this electric motorcycle, do they have Harley sound effects? You know, I have Because, I mean. I know, I know. <laughs> a Harley, how can a Harley be a Harley without the big rumble? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I agree with what you're saying. Now, I have had multiple motorcycles in my motorcycle driving um, career. <laughs> Not professional, of course. And uh, I have been, I've had a Yamaha and then I've had a, uh, two or three, three Hondas. And uh, oh, so many people used to think my Honda was a Harley. And I used to say, no, it's called, it's a Hartley. <laughs> Hartley. <laughs> um, but my, <laughs> but the thing about my Hondas is that everyone's trying to emulate the sound, right? Of a, of a motorcycle. And there's lots of people who have, this is an interesting debate. Sound is safety. And I totally agree with that. If people hear you, they'll know you're, they'll there. Know you're sure. there and that's a big deal. Um, but apart from the sound, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I have heard of some electric bikes where they actually, um, I can't remember who made it, but they actually put a pipe on it with a speaker on it and it, Ample, it so they like. truly do have a Harley sound effect. Well, that right. They could, uh, I don't know that. Does. I don't yeah. know that the Harley does. And I'm looking at this bike right now, and I don't see any mechanism for making noise on it. But it doesn't mean it doesn't. But here's the thing: electric. When it comes to vehicles, electric vehicles make more sense than almost anything because of the torque. Like like the Tesla truck that's coming out. Man, that one. I almost put my money down for a pre-order on that, the $70,000 model. Not that I have $70,000 to spend, but the torque and the range that they you could get out of that because it's a truck. Um, but the torque, it makes total sense because it's direct drive. Like here's the motor and then turns the wheel. You put that on a motorcycle, man. That thing is going to haul. It's going to be so quick. Uh, I think it's also dangerous. And it's a cool motorcycle. I mean, it looks neat. Well, I, I think, oh, it does, yes. Uh, well, if, if it has no sound, I think it'll be tremendously dangerous. Well, it Because you're, be. you're yeah. going to have people, and you know how people are. People these days do not pay attention. They oh, I do, do know. not pay attention. I do know that. And so if they don't know that motorcycle is there. Yeah. I'm sure that that is definitely, I mean, that's like the key component. I'm sure they've dealt with that. And I just, I'm not going to, while we're on the podcast, look it up because it would be, I mean, I'm I'm doing it right this minute, even though I said I'm not going to, but I don't know things like the range and all that stuff. But I do know um, that in the state that I live, this particular vehicle would make the most sense for a commuter, for a guy like me, because, um, you know, an electric motorcycle is not going to, I wouldn't think it would take much, much, uh, charge and it won't take much space in the garage. 
right? I can, I yeah, can fit. Yeah. I, I know this for a fact. I can fit two vehicles, uh, two full size cars and two motorcycles in my garage comfortably. Cause I did for a while. Actually, the only reason I sold the motorcycles was because the weather around here was just not reasonable. And I actually traded my last motorcycle for, uh, well, I'm not going to disclose, but I, I, <laughs> I traded it for stuff that is protected by the Constitution. Oh, uh, well, for now. For now. You know, you just, you, you never know. Traded it for free speech. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. But anyway, so my point is, though, you know, I'm getting on this electric stuff. So this is the whole thing of what a free market should do. And it's not a free market if there's coercion, if there's suppression of technology. That's not a free market. But but you don't offset that by getting rid of the free market and going to pure governmental saying, okay, this is what it is. Because that's the epitome of oppression right. at that point. But man, this is a cool motorcycle. It doesn't look like a Harley. It can't. I mean, if, if I'm a Harley Davidson, I'm not going to create a motorcycle that really looks like a Harley and make it an electric bike. Like you need to set it apart. But I think the thing is, some of these things in, in, from a technological standpoint are not just good for the environment. They're just good in general. They're a good idea. And uh, let the free market do its job, man. And I think, you know, going back to why why I would vote for, for uh, or why I'm going to vote for Trump again. And, you know, I, a president can only do so much in four years. I don't expect him to, to do a whole lot more than what he's already done. I think more of the same. Um and hopefully he'll do more. I'd like to see him pardon some guys. I'd like to see him pardon Snowden, honestly. I'd like to see him pardon some other people who are no longer in this country because of releasing information that that revealed the government was breaking laws. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't imagine this world like you've got the establishment on one end. And this is the thing, again, another reason why I, I like Trump. He's not an establishment guy. Right. Even if he. Which is one of the reasons you know, why he's in so much trouble constantly is right. that the establishment. With both sides. Yes. With. with Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're they're constantly trying to do anything and everything they can to get him out of office because they're afraid that he's going to be reelected. And so, you know, that's part of the whole you know, the, the Russia situation right. that apparently with as more and more documents come out, that was a whole Hillary Clinton thing. <laughs> no, isn't that the funniest thing? And it's so normal, man. Think about how infantile that is. I mean, it's like, it's like when a little kid steals something, <laughs> he goes and well, says, know, my little brother, Joey stole this. Right. Right. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, it, it goes right. And we've talked about this many, oh, many yeah. times. The Nancy Pelosi, the Pelosi disinformation. <laughs> yes. She yeah. outlined, I can't believe that she went into as much detail as she did in that news conference, but she outlined just exactly the way it would work, which is exactly the way that that has <laughs> played out. It's just kind of, you know, here's the one thing I will say that I like about old politicians. They're kind of dumb. It's like they've just forget that there's a thing like called technology and people can replay what you said. And it's like they forget that for a moment, I guess. I mean, I don't know if all old politicians do it, but enough of them yeah. do that. You're just kind of like yeah. some are just plain devious. Well, that's true. And uh, but yeah, you know, maybe that's maybe that comes in there. Well, and, but, you know, if you have enough people on your side and especially enough people in the media on your side it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yep. because you know that news conference doesn't get replayed every night you know when stuff stuff like that's going on you don't have that you know of people going well you know this sounds a lot like the whole setup that nancy pelosi outlined at a news conference here several months ago <laughs> yeah they where she's that. saying how this all happens is you do something and then you plant with a willing member of the media Everything about this that you've done, right. except you lay the blame on your opponent or whoever it is that you want a deep six. Then the story shows up in the New York Times or the Washington Post. And then you go, you think I'm lying? Look, it's on the front page of the right. New York Times or the Washington Post. That gives you cover. And then that starts everything going. How do we fix, how do we fix the fr lack of a free, well... We have a free media, a free press. We don't have a press without agenda. How do we solve that problem? Or are we solving it right now with the independent media doing podcasts and things like this? Well, that's one way. That's one way. Uh, because right now, 
the way the way things are, I mean, I, I don't really see. Like I said, when when we started the show, I was shocked that Wolf Blitzer was actually grilling right. uh, Nancy Pelosi. It's his effort to at least seem. Balanced. I mean, she looked for a while there; it looked like she was an Italian sausage. Well, she was. <laughs> she was shocked. She's like, "Wait a minute! Yes, you're always was, yes. on my side." I know. Yes, she did appear to be shocked. I yes, bet. that Wolf was going off script. You know, I'm sure she was thinking, "Geez, I'm talking to Sean Hannity." Right. And uh, but it was, it was looking behind the camera, looking for the sticker. What what right. network yeah, what's is all, this? Yes, what's all that? What is that? <laughs> and uh, but I, you know, and then you know the debate and and how they'll just when Kamala Harris was talking the vice presidential debate, talking ab- about how they are first thing that they're going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. Yeah, uh, and then Mike Pence pointed out you know because you know the it's only for the rich right and mike pence you know was was saying whoa 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 you know the, the these helped regular people sure you know everybody got a tax break but everybody you know and kamala harris well we'll roll this stuff back but it won't affect you know people making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year and pence is going well now wait a minute here <laughs> if you truly are going to end the Trump tax cuts, then it will, it will. Right. Because there are people who are making a heck of a lot less than $400,000 a yeah. year, whose taxes will go up. If the Trump tax cuts he are even, rolled back, he even gave her an opportunity and, you know, to she clarify. Was, she was like, don't you lecture me. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I'm it, speaking, I, I'm speaking. Oh gosh, <laughs> dude, that was enough for me. The condescension, from from her here's and here's another one that think about how condescending she was and all that yet when the moderator called her kamala and and fixed it she said i'm sorry um whatever she called her senator uh honorable i don't know what she said to fix it and then kamala says no i'm kamala that's fine in other words she's like hey no it's fine we're, we're good but then she's condescending towards the vice president of the united states and i thought to myself my gosh i don't like you i don't like you as a human being i, I wouldn't want to go to lunch with you like I'm sure she's a lovely person in some context and, you know, at maybe in a family gathering at Christmas, she's probably a lot of fun. Play charades. Great. I'm sure that's, that's totally possible. You know, I also thought it was, you know, when, uh, when Pence, you know, tried to get her on her record as a prosecutor, which was oh, horrific. Dude, right. So you talk, you talk about putting black folks in jail yeah. for silly things. She did that legendary legendary right hundreds you know when pence tried to bring that up you know she's like i'm proud of the work i did you know well and then plus she was like i will not be lectured on my record by you know like you're running for vice president what (laughs) i mean come on and that's not exactly a lecture i think that's him saying pointing out some facts yeah it's like hey uh yeah what about this though (laughs) and this is why by the way this is why i would pay real money to see Joe Rogan be the moderator mm. of any any presidential vice presidential yeah. debate. Yeah, I wish we could have something like Dude, that. Dude, it would be so freaking great. It would be so awesome. Because he just would be raw and real. He'd pull zero punches. I'd love that. Sorry. I really, I note. would, I would like to see that because I, I really, you know, I don't mind. In fact, I like difficult questions. Yeah. But what I really like are difficult questions posed to both candidates. Exactly. And he'd do that. And, you know, instead of, you know, it's like, obviously this is an exaggeration, but, you know, it would be like they're asking Pence or Trump or whatever. So when did you stop beating your wife? Right. And then they turn to Kamala and go, what's your favorite color? Right. Oh, that's so nice. You know, and this kind of setting we're in right now would be perfect. The part of the problem is they're doing it in these town hall forums. They're doing it with audiences. Don't do it with an audience. Like, who cares? The audience does all they're there well, to know, do is You know, that's another cheer. thing. That's another thing. You know, on some of these town hall debates. Right. Did you see? I'm just like, really? NBC and MSNBC both did town hall debates with Joe Biden. Yeah. And the... MSNBC debate 
was billed as undecided voters <laughs> right. would be in there. Of course, we come to find out that actually most of them were Biden supporters. Right. And on the NBC debate, after we found out about this, they had two of the same people hmm. who were on the MSNBC debate identified as undecideds who actually, when you know uh, other members of the media started researching things like their Facebook pages and all like this, you know, and they had all this Biden Harris stuff right. all over them. <laughs> two of the same people were on the N- NBC debate. Eesh. And I'm just like, really? You know, and, and plus it's <sighs> softball questions and, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. And, you know, I, well, I just, I, I find it all very disingenuous and disgusting being right. a, somebody who long ago was edu- educated about journalistic ethics and how you're supposed to conduct yourself and how you're supposed to get both sides involved and how you're supposed to ask pertinent questions and things like this and to see what's going on yeah. now it kind of makes me sick you know when when uh when i worked for clear channel years ago i remember we had to take a test i think it was once every year i don't remember the whole um ethics i mean, we still do, that. still do that yeah i don't i don't work there right you do but we it's all computerized <laughs> now and yeah. there's a little video that you watch and but even that kind of the stuff. ethics had everything to do with making sure you weren't essentially getting kickbacks for doing sponsorships that weren't paid for and things like that right what was not there and i think should be and i think this is a way to get the qualifying world back again if you and maybe it's you know and this is going to sound weird from a libertarian now recently identified as but maybe there needs to be some sort of a legislation or whatever when you think about libel laws and you look at malpractice in medical world right what what, what libel laws are i mean it feels like if you're in the press you can kind of say whatever you want about anybody and really not have an ounce of well, yeah, it, it does seem as that that way now. And, you know, back in the day when I was in school and, and doing this sort of thing, if you were going to do a legitimate news story, you had to look and there were issues you, you had to kind of divide it up to where, you know, we're going to here's here's what Joe says. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here's some documentation and stuff like that. However, Frank has a totally different opinion on this and you'd hear from him and he'd have some documentation and you know, you wouldn't, you would try to play it as much down the middle as you possibly could and leave it up to the audience to decide where they fell, you know, with this, you know, are they on Joe's side or are they on Frank's side? And you left the opinion to, you know, occasionally we would have the station manager, would do an editorial, right? Uh, you know, if he was supportive of whatever issue, you know, and lots of times it might be around uh, election time, or maybe there was something on the ballot or something the city council was taking up and he would come out and say, you know, we think this is a good idea because of, you know, this, yeah. that, and the other, and it would be marked as an opinion piece, editorial, that sort of thing, much like in newspapers, back in the day that you would have a there were news staff people news writers who wrote steak and potato right kind of stuff here's the deal and then you would have columnists who put the the their opinions out there yeah. now it all kind of mixes together well it's like inside thunder when when you you would be writing the news and adam francisco would be writing a column he would say, this is what happened to the game. And I thought it was this way. And, you know, I remember a time when we were better at this or, but, you know, and whereas you were saying, here's what happened at the game. Here's the weak spots. Here's the bright spots, whatever. The thing that I see as being the problem is in today's media, there's zero distinction. And especially if you're a 20 year old kid, you're there's zero distinction between, Hey, this is news. And this is now my opinion that all just runs together, not just in the same show in the same paragraph. Right. And, and I feel like there needs to be something instituted, some process that says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have the news, and it's the news, and that's what it will be. Facts, no opinions. 
And then we're going to have our opinion shows. And honestly, I think you kind of have to pick and choose. Are you a news network or are you a commentary network? Well, it's all just kind of blended together now. Right. I mean, it, it really has. And I think uh, that's a problem. One thing that has changed that I think has caused this is everything that's out there now. The 24-7 yeah. news cycle. They have to do something, you know, right? Right. <laughs> and you have all of, you know, the cable channels, you know, they, uh, you know, they're on 24 hours a day now. Yeah. Back in my day, or especially when I was a kid, you know, you only had CBS, NBC, and ABC and PBS. That was it. Yeah. At night. And, uh, well, even during the day, I mean, the right, whole time. Yeah. And, 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 you know, usually... You know, that's when the network newscast, the evening news, had such huge audiences because at 5.30 Central Time, mm-hmm. that's when you got to sit down and hear what had happened all day long because right. there was not, no such thing as Twitter. There was no such thing as CNN or Fox News Channel and, you know, all the stuff that we have now. And you most really, a, a lot of people in those days had no idea what had been going on that day. Mm-hmm. Once they left the house and went to work or went to school, whatever they were doing, they really didn't know what had happened. I mean, think about that. Yeah, that's Until crazy. 5.30, and they sat down in front of the tel- television to see what Walter Cronkite was was going to talk to them about as to, hey, here's what happened today. You know, whether it was Walter Cronkite or Chet Huntley and David Brinkley or... Uh, uh, was it Roger uh, somebody or other on ABC? Uh, no, no. Uh, but yes, well, it's I, much different now. So you've got to yeah. fill it with stuff. And that again, that that's the fundamental challenge. I think you know, you know. I used to say this. People would would talk about um, Facebook and how you know they didn't want to have all their stuff out there. And and I said I used to say this, and I still say it. But misinformation is better than no information. And in terms of if you're trying to hide your identity, if I want to get on Facebook and wanted to, you know, keep from being tracked or whatever, the best thing for me to do is put bad information out there. Talk about how I enjoyed my trip to Cancun and put pictures of somebody else up in Cancun. Like that's harder to discern and figure out. Whereas, you know, that's kind of the world we live in today. There's so much information now between Facebook and Twitter and, and, and whatever other social media outlets we have to decide as the public what's real and what's not. And when you look up at the ability to completely manufacture video, I mean, even, even stock footage, right? There was a big deal about, I can't remember who it was using some stock footage from a hospital in, in Italy or Spain or something f- to talk about COVID here in the U S and they got kind of called out on it. Well, it was stock footage. I mean, I, I know that as a media guy, that's not that big of a deal, but to them, it was a huge deal because they felt like to the public because they were misrepresenting. Right. Well, yeah, they were misrepresenting, but stock footage is stock footage. My point is, is that they didn't even try to do that. They weren't trying to pull the wool over the public. Uh, they were just simply using stock footage. And yet that quickly and that easily, people are like, wait a minute, that's the same hospital that I saw on BBC One, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Right. And, you know, and sometimes you can fall into the trap that if you use that, if you're talking about how bad things are in a situation and you run video that indicates things are really bad, mm-hmm. but you find out that video is actually a month old or two right. months old. And when in reality, what's happening at that hospital today is not it's not that way that way right then you know that's that's putting up something that shouldn't be up there right right and you gotta be uh, careful how you, you got, use right, that right yeah. you, you gotta be careful and you know today you know i you know there is a i forget what it's called because it's new i i guess i've just seen a couple of ads for it on i guess on twitter or something but it's kind of like these deep fake things where right. you know you can go on to you can do a video and you can you can put your face onto the body of like a movie star. Yeah. And you can see your face uh, being Tom Cruise in, uh, uh, you know, one of his. Can I put my face on Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. Fantastic. Could. I'm totally down for that. And it, I mean, it looks really cool and all like this. And I'm sure people are having a ton of fun <laughs> with it. But however, yeah, it can cause some issues right and there are there's technology out there where you know i saw something here 
Actually, it's probably been a year ago when Boris Johnson, the prime minister of uh, Great Britain, there was a deep fake made of Boris Johnson endorsing his opponent yeah. in the elections over there. I mean, it looked like Boris Johnson. It sounded like Boris Johnson. It wasn't mm. Boris Johnson. And really, the only way you could kind of get the idea that it wasn't Boris Johnson is him t- talking about, you know, really, <laughs> right. you ought to vote for that. I mean, it'd be like somebody doing a thing with Donald Trump going, you know what? Hey, I've had enough of this. Joe's a great guy. Right. Put him in there. Or Biden or Kamala Harris saying, you know what? Hey, mm. I like I love Donald Trump. I liked him. You know, they would not Which say actually that. Biden has said as much in not being in a fake. Yeah, yeah. He suggested people vote for Trump if they like the way that was that was one of the things he said that was the third thing i was talking about earlier oh, right yes he's vote like hey trump, if yes. you if you thought the last four years was great you probably should vote for trump and something like and that. and the funny thing was Which there was I a agree. poll there's a poll out there <laughs> yeah you know one of those are you better off now mm. than you were four years ago and they put that with what joe biden said well turns out according to this poll 56 percent right. of americans say yes you know what yeah i am better off than I was four years ago. But we don't want that. We want <laughs> we, we want to we want to be worse off, Randy. We want to be worse oh. off. Evidently. Golly Jeepers. Uh oh, there's the music. I guess that means we're out of time. We're we're, we're over time. Another edition of Scatter Shooting. Red to tap, ba boom, boom. There you go. You forgot it last <laughs> time. I'm Randy Renner. I'm Jeremy Griffin. And we will be back to resume our conversation on another edition of Scatter Shooting, where we talk about anything and everything. Until then, we'll talk to you later on Scatter Shooting. <laughs>